After that one episode of Star Trek, we kept talking for a little while. Our discussion of syndicated TV led into Netflix, somehow, and that inevitably led into discussion of the Daredevil series, uh, which we talk about in full, and there are spoilers involved, so just be warned before you listen. The thing is, too, like, the whole market of first-run syndication was really a different kind of environment for TV shows, and you really could have stuff on this order happen, and it's not really that big of a problem. Because who cares? No one's watching it anyway. Functionally? Well, you don't... You have Depends no, on no, where you are. You have no... Syndica you, syndication is a whole different animal than what we have nowadays. I mean, you know, you have no network oversight as such, so it's not like... And that if, a chip, that if one station decides to drop it, hey, you can chop it to another one, no problem. Yeah. And if, you know, one station decides to drop it, you still have, like, 300 other ones across the country carrying it. It's not like, you know, you're selling this to ABC, and if they decide they don't like what you're doing, it's not going to be anywhere anymore. It's kind of like how Netflix is with shows a little bit, in that it kind of doesn't matter if no one really watches it immediately, or it eventually it'll, it'll find a market somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I guess is the same way, like, you know, Netflix original series, which is a really weird thing to think of just on its own, but how, you know, they can just push out an entire season's worth of episodes all at once and not really worry about it. Yeah. Because everybody's going to watch it regardless. It doesn't matter if they watch it all in one go or space it out for weeks. Mm -hmm. They seem to be experimenting with uh, the spacing out thing a little bit now, too, so. But they, they, they still seem to be largely banking on the whole one season all at once thing i mean that was good with daredevil because even though i like paced myself watching it yeah i liked that i could watch the entire thing on the schedule i set and i didn't have to wait meanwhile yeah. i watched the entire thing in a weekend <laughs> and like that's you know, valid yeah, too nice. but you know I, yeah. I was also conscious of okay there's 13 episodes of this and it even if it gets a second season which of course now we know it will have yeah. That's not going to be until this time next year, so right, right. I right. can't, I can't make the series last the whole year. That would be ridiculous. But you know, get as much mileage as I can out of it. Yeah. Did we ever that... discuss Daredevil? No. I kind of didn't bring it up because you've not been doing the Marvel stuff. So. Well, let me say this: Daredevil was way better than it had any right to be, and it's the yes. best thing Marvel has done since Iron Man one, and it's probably better than Iron Man one. It was fucking goddamn amazing. Yeah, and it, really good. It, 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 it does make me, you know, hope for the remaining three series they have coming up, too. So it, it, if they're if they're anywhere near as good as Daredevil was, because Daredevil was produced like the movies were, but the story did not have to be so compressed. So you actually got the depth you need out of the whole thing. It, characters were allowed to be characters. Not everything yeah. was centered on action. Right. Yeah, it's true. The, the, the toned back nature of being a TV show helped it immensely in telling a story. And the action it did have was freaking great, too. Also, and, it had a compelling villain, which Marvel movies never have. And, like, perfect casting for that, too, both visually and in the acting. Yeah. Yes. He acts the shit out of every scene he's in. Mm hmm. And, and he, he basically steals like, the show. He looks and, like And that's what a good villain should do. And he looks like the perfect Fisk. Yeah, he yeah. he looks he looks like Wilson Fisk. Yeah, it's it's really amazing. It, it's 
it's just it's amazing how well that that one thing alone came off. And they make him vulnerable. Yeah, he's not a super evil. Human. He he is a human being and not right. a villain. And he's t- completely terrifying too, because you never know if he's going to be nice or. Swing murder the shit out of someone. Yeah. And the, well, and the, the, the he... first three episodes, one of his me killing the, this girl he was into. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because I couldn't uh, tell. Yeah. And it's like it, the first time he flips his shit and just, you know, destroys that guy's skull against the in, in the door. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 that's the point you realize, like, oh. <laughs> Dude, you know exactly psycho. Go- yeah, you know exactly what they're going for. So then when you get to that point, like in episode 12, where he shows up in Urich's, um apartment, you just kind of like, oh, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> the entire time. And yet, at the point when he finally does, you know, flip his crap, it's still somehow surprising. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. because also that's after we have this backstory of explaining, you know, you know, his terrible childhood and why he's so messed up, mm-hmm. and you start to sympathize with him. And then that happens, and... Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's it's and then, brilliant. And, and then you kind of want Matt to just keep the shit out of him. Well, and yeah. their devil TV show has also done something else that's made Foggy Nelson interesting and fun, which he's never been before. <laughs> oh, yeah. In the comics, at that, ever. Anything. I also like that they went for 95% of the series where Daredevil is in an improvised costume. Yes. Which was, you know, based on the comics still at that. But but no, I'm just like, if yeah. you think about how a movie would have gone, he would have been in that for, like, the first act only. Yeah. Like, yeah. basically the first night he went out being Daredevil, he would have been in that. And then right. afterward, he would have been adding stuff onto the suit to make it look like Daredevil. But it does make it so that when he does finally go out in the suit, it's satisfying. Right, that's... I mean, that's your climax moment. It's it's where, you know, he's serious about what he's about to go do. Yeah, and, and so it'll be what we'll end up seeing, you know, in season two and whenever Well, hopefully in it. season two he paints it yellow, but that's... <laughs> 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 no, I'm not expecting that, but I mean... Yeah. That would be the so, best yeah. thing. It's not that I hate comic media. I just hate bad comic media. Which is fair. I mean, that's completely fair. We may disagree on what constitutes bad comic media, but... But we'll know that I'm right. We all agree that Daredevil is really good comic media. <laughs> and, like, I don't care about Daredevil as a, a story franchise at all, but I love the series because it was so well done. It exactly. made me interested in the Daredevil story. Like, that's, that is the biggest success that can be said of this. It made me care about this character I don't care about. Because before, Daredevil's main interest was the villains that uh, Spider-Man took. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I have a bit of a different perspective because I've always liked Daredevil and stuff, and I've I followed it through the years, but um, I can see I, I, the fact that I am satisfied with it, being a Daredevil fan still, also, you know, his, it, it works. It's oh, good. and the, the other. I good... think part of the reason why Daredevil works in this TV show, but it doesn't work in comics for me, mm-hmm. is because in the comic universe he's painted against a broader scope of Spider-Man and yeah. Fantastic Four, and like who gives a shit about Daredevil in that <laughs> context? Yeah. But however, in the TV show where it's focused down on his universe on his street level with all normals, mm-hmm. he comes across as being a real badass. 
and like and what he can do is actually impressive. And the illusions you get to the other existing heroes is that, you know, there are these big, huge figures who can't be bothered with the little day-to-day things that happen down here. Yeah. Right. So it totally works to have someone like Daredevil out there because he is in the role that needs to be filled. Also, the other thing this production did really right was basically never showing, like, Daredevil vision. Like... All the all the use of his heightened senses was seen from the outside. There was only like one or two shots trying to represent his perception firsthand. Yeah. As opposed to like the Ben Affleck movie where it's like, oh well he can see just fine actually. <laughs> right. It's just all blue. And he can have a romantic battle on a seesaw. <laughs> I hate that movie. <laughs> that movie's very similar to Catwoman in many ways. <laughs> So does that mean you like it? No, because it's not as fun as Catwoman is. It's just as bad, but it's just it it's missing a little something. It's it's boring basically. Now, Catwoman's okay, here, brisk and the, exciting. Here's the question. If Halle Berry had been Daredevil in that movie, would you like it more? No, because it's not about Halle Berry, it's about <laughs> the pacing. Okay. <laughs> Daredevil, it kind of it just drags. You're just like, wait, okay, is this scene over? No, no. When is something else stupid going to happen? <laughs> no, but like watching the first episode of Daredevil, I kept waiting. Okay, so when are they going to show like the POV shot to see how he perceives? Oh, they're not doing. Oh, oh, they're just. Oh, cool. Like, like you only see like a glimpse of it here and there, like when he's talking to. Um, What's her Rosario, name? Rosario da- uh, Claire Temple, I think it was. Rosario Dawson's fine. That's who yeah. I thought it was anyway. The the, the not night nurse. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's like the only prominent time you get a look at how he perceives the world around him. It's only for like five seconds. Right. It's just enough to like sell the idea of what he's describing, and then after that's back to every effect is from the outside. Yeah. And that's like that's. It's like the it's really the right way to handle that. Yeah. Because to do otherwise, yeah, you're just basically substituting one kind of vision for another. Whereas doing it this way, yeah, you're playing up that he's using every one of his other sense, uh, every one of his other senses, in a more advanced and completely different way to make up the rest of the information he needs. Mm-hmm. I think because right, otherwise we're showing yeah. him the, the the show will be showing us his audio t- powers visually. Right. Which is counterintuitive. Right. Plus, like, you know, this played up to heightened sense of smell, heightened sense of taste, heightened touch, where he could, you know, uh, like, read someone's mood from across a room because they smell different. And, and the whole human lie detector <laughs> aspect as well. Yeah. No, oh, like oh, they... Oh, oh. Yeah. Also, uh, finally... Someone has granted my action wet dream of a badass fight sequence with a Kasarigama. Ah, yes. <laughs> well, you can thank the uh, the director of Spartacus for that, which, once I learned that, made the gruesome brutality of the fight scenes make a lot more sense. Yeah. <laughs> then why don't I see more penises? <laughs> because Netflix, not HBO. Oh. <laughs> Or also, Showtime, Stars, one of those. You know what I mean, though. Yes, but Kusarigama yeah. is the best weapon ever. Yeah. That was, that was, that was a pretty... And it, it, the great thing about that fight is that, like, you got to see a bit of it at the beginning of the episode. 
but you didn't yeah. get to see it conclude until the very end. Mm-hmm. When, you know, guy accidentally got lit on freaking fire, and then, you know, King Pimp just wrecked <laughs> Matt from Six Ways from Sunday. Yeah. And, like, there is there is a point in, like, the back third of the series, which I don't want to go into details, because anybody who's listening to this and has not watched it yet, I don't want to spoil this. Like, I was so glad First that when I... quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I, no, I, no, I no, I, I know, I know, but, like... There at one point. No, I know, but, like, there's this one thing in particular that happens, and getting to that point, I didn't think that was going to happen in the scene, and I was so glad that up to that point I had not been spoiled on what happened from there forward and you know it's just that's why i I have no clue as to what you're talking about same here um put a spoiler warning in in the the episode (laughs) well i'm I'm gonna mark don't talk it's like spoilers don't listen if you haven't watched i'll probably do that anyway but i'm gonna mark the time on my note and i'm just gonna tell you and then edit it out but um yeah i was just really impressed that the show could give me a surprise like that yeah, I, I just hope they can pull off the same thing with, you know, Jessica Jones and um, Luke Cage and Iron Fist as well. Well, they're taking characters I don't give a shit about and making a TV show out of them, and that's worked before, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and, you know, of course, I, 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 I expect Matt's going to pop up in those as well, since you already have Luke Cage and just showing up in Jessica Jones. Have they cast Luke Cage yet? They have. Is it, is it Terry Crews? No, it's not. God damn it. <laughs> I was a little sad too, but he he has a show. He he has other work to do. I don't care. So who did they cast as Luke Cage? Um, hold on. Let me look that up. I forget his name. At this point, I'm probably gonna spin this off to its own little sub podcast. Luke Cage. Superhero time talks about random bullshit. Wait, da, 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 da. So superhero, superhero time. time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the guy's name? Um, here we go. Luke Cage. I know. <laughs> He's also known as Power Man. <laughs> Funny. Uh, Funny how nobody really acknowledges Mike, that anymore. <laughs> uh, Mike Coulter. Mike Coulter? Hold on. Let me get you a link. Nerd Reactor? Oh, that guy. What He's he not. In? I know him. Do you watch The Good Wife? No. Well, that's what he's been most prominently in for the last few years. That's a good picture of the, from the... Um, Filming. Hmm. What do I know you from? Like he's not—he's not built as large as I would expect for a Luke Cage. Right, but but it, you it, know, it, it, it depends on how you know how he uh, plays it off. Yeah. Okay, he's an American Horror Story, which I was—I guess that's the only thing I know him from. Then, okay, well. <laughs> I mean, as long as he can build the presence of it, he can. Right. I'm not saying it won't work. It's just like visually, he's a little bit of a departure from what I would expect. A little bit. On the other hand, he's a good actor. Yes. So that's the more important part. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a, like. If super... he's a good actor, he can get the attitude right. I'm not super worried about that. But will he say "Sweet Christmas"? Let's hope not. <laughs> then you also have um, the tenth Doctor playing the Purple Man. Because Tenet needs a job. Because they need to cast every Doctor Who at some point, apparently. <laughs> the Ninth Doctor played the villain in Thor Dark World. Uh-huh. They, they had people acting in that? Yes. Huh. 
Well, Eccleston was probably the best one they had. And he did. He, he said like two, one line of English throughout the entire movie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he was Destro. Yes, and you know, in that way, was the probably the best single part of uh, Rise of Cobra. Nope, that would be shirtless Channing Tatum. <laughs> I suppose we're you know looking for different things in this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, objectively, that's probably the, the only good thing in <laughs> Now, to be fair, I actually like the uh, accelerator suit sequence in Rise of Cobra. Ew. Just, as, well, a, as, just, a sequence, was, as a sequence, not, not as a part of a movie. As a, yeah, as a sequence, it was cool looking. Like, it had no place in a G.I. Joe movie. No. It specifically, <laughs> but it was, it, was a, it was a fun action sequence. To be just dropped in the middle of something. Uh, it, 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 yeah, it was very. I'll take hey, it I, on its own. It's fine. Uh, in the context of anything in that movie, no. Yes. I mean, I, I think I have more liking for Rise of Cobra than most people do, just because I don't really care about GI Joe that much. I, I guess but I yeah. care slightly more than you do, then, because Probably. I love Retaliation. I never even watched Retaliation. I like, I like Retaliation. Retaliation yeah, I is like amazing. I like G.I. Joe when it's being completely ridiculous. I like Retaliation, and a large part of that is really credit to The Rock, actually. <laughs> retaliation is watching the old 80s cartoon, only they're shooting bullets instead of lasers. It is. It really <laughs> is. I mean, it is completely retarded. And, Duke and I love it. And, and the fact that Duke actually dies this time. <laughs> like, that's, like... When Retaliation was on track for its original release date, I was interested, planning to go see it. Then it got pushed back for nine months, and in that time, it's just like, eh, whatever. Okay, well, next time you come down, we're watching it then. Okay, I'd rather do that than Catwoman. (laughs) (laughs) Or we could watch Nemesis again. Now, where is it? Where would you put Retaliation compared to, say, that episode where Cobra's plot involved replacing all the school textbooks. Wait, when did Cobra become Texas? Oh. <laughs> I would say it's not quite that ridiculous. But it's more faithful to the source material than any of the Transformer movies have been. But that given, doesn't say much. Yeah, given like the people who make the Transformers movies, would you expect them to be any better if they, like you know, directly adapted the source material more. That's not really my point. Are you sure? My, my point is, is that between, uh, of all the 80s franchises turned to movies, it's probably the only one that gets even remotely close to capturing the spirit of the original. Oh. Yeah, I just, like, for for the problems the Transformers movies have, I can't see a version that captures the spirit of the original cartoon being objectively better. It would be different, yes, but I don't think it would actually like turn out any better for it. You could very well be right on that, because I can't really picture a way to Transformers correctly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like, if they, were to, if, they were to, if they were to adapt one specific thing, I would say, like, do Five Faces of Darkness. Because there's a lot of stuff going on there, and you can make a movie out of that basic storyline pretty easily. But at the same time, I can't see a way of doing that where the result would not be awful. Because it's Five Faces of Darkness. (laughs) Well, you know how that 
that five-parter is. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> five episodes. If only they had been able to do that like a direct-to-video movie, it probably would have been so much better. It, watching it feels like you're watching an entire season of Transformers because it never ends. Now, would the movie version of it still have things like Bruticus standing next to the next to the five guys who uh, form him? Hell yes. You gotta faithfully recreate that shit. I, I think that shit happens in the Bay movies anyway. <laughs> in fact, I, well, I know it does in Revenge of the Fallen when there's Constructicons all over the place. Yeah. Which they retconned out later as being just like, well, there's a lot of Constructicons and any seven of them can become a Devastator. Which, if that were the case, they should have had like six or seven Devastators formed up at once in Revenge of the Fallen. Think of yeah. all the testicles. Or <laughs> or Galvatron <laughs> standing or Galvatron being in the crowd cheering that the Decept the Cyclonus's uh goal of go find finding Galvatron. Galvatron. Yeah. Oh wait, calm. Uh, I was just gonna say that. <laughs> I wonder if Akon designed the Cyclonus Voyager toy. It's not that bad. It's dumb. It also doesn't have I'm, enough uh, animation errors for it. I'm not. That's, that's true. I'm not necessarily denying. And that. it can be put in poses other than the character model one. <laughs> <laughs> As usual, Fort Max wins. Um, no, I'm not denying that the Cyclonus toy is kind of dumb, but it's not bad. Yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's, it's dumb, but it's dumb in a fun way. It's not something that's strictly necessary, but it's also not something that's terrible that it exists. Because, like, whether it was Cyclonus or something else, there would still be something in that wave out with no team to go with it. So oh, that's you... fine. And even just taking it as just a Cyclonus toy, mm -hmm. I, I don't like it because I don't think it's a good toy for Cyclonus because there's nothing sleek or elegant about it. Uh, it's the whole Galvatron combiner thing that I think is a complete disaster. On the other hand, you can ignore that pretty easy. Well, I mean, first of all, I think the sculpt on Galvatron's head looks awful. It doesn't look like Galvatron. Uh, secondly, really the idea like of making Galvatron a combiner is bad. Thirdly, and... making such Cyclonus change into Galvatron is bad. Yeah. And like, like if not... it was just Cyclonus changing into a random combiner torso. Or just a bigger oh, Cyclonus. Oh, would be cool. A bigger Cyclonus. That too. I mean, yeah. you know. I, w I would have no problems accepting Cyclonus getting retrofitted to be the leader of a, com a combiner team. Made up of sweeps. Or of anything. It's just the, the making them become Galvatron? No. That's dumb. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that assessment. I mean, it just kind of is what it is, and... For the most part, I'm probably just going to ignore that that's a thing. What it is, it's going to be $25 I'm going to keep in my wallet. I'm probably going to give him uh, just uh, Wild Rider and uh, Slingshot. No! You can't do that! <laughs> you oh, bastard! Oh. And Fort I'll Max, stop you. you. As Fort arms. Max, Fort Max, you have to no! get, um, you have to get uh, Unite Warriors Defensor and give uh, Groove over to Galvatronus also. You're if there's trying a, to hurt me. If, if <laughs> that's what I plan to do, 
if uh, there's ever if I if I can get it, yeah. Or if Hasbro somehow manages to get uh, that out, yeah. Uh huh. Oh yes, I will. Uh huh. <laughs> and if they have... redo it as Afterburner, that too. We need another combiner team with a substitute member so that, you know, there is four off guys to put on one of these uh, extra torsos. Cause, like, we're almost there. We're almost there. But you still have to kind of steal someone who matters from one of the other teams. It'd be funny if the Combiner Wars Devastator had one new member on it. <laughs> <laughs> As it is, I'm surprised they got all the original names, because, like, for years they would not use Hook on a Constructicon toy. The current Transformers team is strange. Like, they're reviving all kinds of names that were supposedly unusable for trademark reasons, including ones that are, like, common words. Maybe they just don't give a shit anymore. Yeah, I kind of wonder if that's not part of it. All right, Transformers is ending in two years, so y'all just do whatever the hell you want. Go hog wild. Well, hey, I, I don't, I don't have any complaints. I that same sort of thing is what got us in space and RPM. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and really, once they finish putting out all the combiners, that there's really not much else to look forward to. They still have all of eighty-seven and eighty-eight to do, basically. See cons. Yeah. Uh, those are combiners, though. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's that's your, like, transitional point. Well, maybe we'll play with this, too, and just take over, then. Oh, yeah, because Pretenders. That was a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> See, the you problem everybody is loves and wants to fund... start off with Monstructor. <laughs> everybody will want to fund the, the Pretenders, because, you know, clearly they're everyone's favorite. Everyone looks fondly on humans wearing Transformers on the inside. Or wearing Transformers on Shut the up. inside. Shut <laughs> Quiet. No talking on the podcast. Yes, no, like, two okay, hours Paladin. of complete silence. The Paladin Show. <laughs> Which you can record without Paladin. <laughs> oh, I should do that for April Fool's. Just make an MP3 that's an hour of absolute silence, post it as the Paladin show. It'd be the easiest thing to do. But would it end with the Tim Curry? Yes, of course! <laughs> I suppose it would have to, wouldn't it? Okay, fine. So it's an hour of complete silence and then a Tim Curry. No, you, you, start, you start it with somebody saying, okay, complete silence. So Paladin... Paladin? Can... Go yeah. ahead. Paladin? All right, complete si complete silence. Paladin, go ahead. Then two more hours later. Then you cut to the intro. Uh huh. And then from there, it's just silence until the very end, where it's a Tim Curry. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I only came up with this like three months ago. I was wondering the same thing. <laughs> because you always come up with the best April Fools' ideas when you are basically as far as possible from April Fools. Yeah. Because then you can't. You know, you forget by the time you can actually do something with it. Damn. I should probably, like, write that down or something, but nah, effort. <laughs>